0: Welcome to episode 118 of the Jackson Hole Connection. This episode's sponsor is Prue Real Estate. Should you have any questions about real estate in Jackson Hole, give Dan Vazoski or Greg Prue a call or visit prue.com. That's P-R-U-G-H.com to search current listings. Hello from Jackson Hole, I'm Stephan Abrams, the host and guide of the Jackson Hole Connection. Each week I love sitting with a new guest to discuss something special and interesting in their life that they want to share with the rest of the world. I feel we have so much to learn from each other and I'm a life learning person. So please reach out there in the world and connect with somebody who's outside of your circle of influence because you can learn from all of them. Today's guest is Laura Peterson Wright, a fellow podcaster and a doctor of chiropractic who runs her own practice right here in Jackson Hole with her partner and husband, Tyler. Laura first moved to Jackson Hole after finishing culinary school and realizing that she should just live life in the mountains for a little bit. While being here, she worked at some of the top businesses here in Jackson Hole, such as the Four Seasons Resort, and the liquor store of Jackson Hole. Yep, that one's mine too. Now, Laura has lived in the valley longer than she has lived anywhere else and loves calling this place her home. Laura has a deep desire to continue learning throughout life and to help people live full, healthy lives through chiropractic medicine. Laura will provide us with some questions you should ask when you are looking for a chiropractor and how chiropractic treatment can be a smart ingredient for the recipe for you to live a healthy life. Laura, welcome to the Jackson Hole Connection. Thank you for taking your time out and using your COVID quarantine time to be a guest today.
1: Thank you. I'm so happy to be on today and just kind of see what you do with your podcast.
0: You bet. So I I think that you know you're the second fellow podcaster that I have had on the show. So welcome to being um, second podcaster on the show. Thank you. Let's start off with what your connection is to Jackson Hole. So please share with everyone your story and how you are connected to Jackson.
1: Yeah. So I moved here in 2008. I had just finished culinary school At the time, and I was in the D.C. area, I was looking at all the restaurants in that area, and my dad lived out here, still lives out here, and he basically said, don't waste your life, move out west while you're still young. (laughs) So I consented to come to Try Jackson for a winter, I think about three weeks in, I was like, okay, I'm staying here for sure. Mm -hmm. I worked at the Four Seasons in Pastry. Um, I actually worked for Stefan for you, my first summer here as well. Cause I was part-time pastry that summer mm-hmm. loved, loved selling wine, did some work in the wine business as well, food and beverage. And then eventually realized like, I want to do health, went back to school. And then I've been back, went to chiropractic school and then I moved back in 2017, started my business then.
0: Congratulations. Thank you. And you're now married
1: i married, yes. So I met my husband in chiropractic school. It was another one of those fun things when everyone said, oh, you're going to the Midwest. You're going to meet someone wonderful. You're going to fall in love. You're going to spend the rest of your life in Minnesota. And I said, no way. I'm coming back to Jackson. So I met Tyler within the first year of school. And all he heard about was, I'm moving back to Jackson afterwards. I'm moving back to Jackson afterwards. And then finally, towards the end, he goes, you know, I'm coming back too. So So it's been a blast. I think because, because there's two of us, I was planning on working with another chiropractor before she basically said, there's two of you, you're on your own. So we were forced to start our own business straight out of school, which was difficult, but has been an amazing adventure. And now we're three years in and it's, it's doing well.
0: I'm glad that your business is doing well. Congratulations on meeting Tyler at chiropractor school. What is chiropractor school like? Um, I think the world of chiropractic, uh, medicine kind of gets a bad rap sometimes and is not really considered medicine.
1: Yes. Yes, absolutely. I'd say one thing chiropractic has changed vastly from what it was. If you think about how medicine used to, you know, do a lot more bloodletting or they drill holes in the skull to <laughs> release pressure, like medicine has some quacky backgrounds and so does chiropractic, you know, the original the founder of chiropractic, I might offend some other chiropractors here, but like he thought he could cure all diseases by adjusting the spine. He claims that the first person he adjusted, he cured his deafness by adjusting the thoracic spine, the mid back area. I'm not sure how that worked, but that's how chiropractic got founded. And I would say it's been a long journey for it since then. We're still not well accepted in the mainstream medical community, but it's say, currently chiropractic school. It's a doctorate. It's a four-year program. We take, I mean, if you look at our course load compared to medical school, we take all the anatomy, physiology, biochemistry, neurology. It's, it's a super intense program. We pass four rounds of national boards in order to practice at the end. Um, I would say it's kind of probably also similar to physical therapy now that it's a doctorate as well. I would say different schools have different spectrums of more evidence-based chiropractic versus more, we call it chiropractic philosophy. My friend who's a philosophy professor doesn't like it being called that, but would say also straight chiropractic. Those who very much believe in just adjusting does all the magic. And the school that I chose to go to was a very evidence and research-based school. So they're adding up more evidence on how adjusting helps the body. But then our school is also incorporating all kinds of muscle works, orthopedic exams, and just a vast amount of medical knowledge that we learn as well before we graduate.
0: Okay. So that's very insightful. I didn't know some of that about there's these different ways people practice chiropractic medicine. What would somebody expect if they came to your office? Where I would say. Through?
1: Yeah. What people come in often if they've seen other chiropractors and they just expect an adjustment that like snap, crackle, pop, moving of bones. There you go. You're aligned, you're subluxation free. And there you go. Cause that's the very traditional chiropractic. Um, I'd say in our office, we start with a full medical history Of what they've got going on in their body and what surgeries, hospitalizations, anything that they've had, we get into whatever their current issue is. I'd say we see a lot of like acute issues and sports injuries because of the town that we live in. And then we go into an exam kind of looking at why does it hurt? You know, is it your, is it, you know, a specific traumatic event? And then we'd be doing orthopedic tests? Is it, you know, your constant posture? Is it something to do with the way that you hike or run or ski or play golf? From there, we move into muscle work. So we do a lot of manual muscle release. Typically like when, when bones, like when joints are misaligned, when your joints not sitting where it ought to for the best biomechanics biomechanical function. It's tight muscles that are pulling on it. For example, like a tight pec muscle would pull your humerus, your shoulder bone, kind of anterior in the joint. And then with overhead activities, you'd get some impingement in there. So we'd be looking at kind of what's tight, what's firing, releasing muscles. Then we do adjust and we do typically manual adjustments. So the same one where you'll hear that little pop or cavitation sound as we adjust. And then we'll work into rehab exercises, whether it's just like this is, you know, postural muscle strengthening, or these are your like muscles that you need to strengthen for gait or getting back thoracic, your back mobility through there. So it's kind of this figuring out what's the cause of pain or cause of dysfunction, treating it, and then teaching people what they can do so that they don't have to keep coming back over and over again to get moved around by us.
0: I, I love the part about you teach people what they can do, not so much about, so they don't have to come back and see you, but it's probably more so they can live less pain-free or as as of a pain-free life as possible and, um, be a little bit more active.
1: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say that's another one of the, I'd say myths about chiropractic, but it's true in some places that, you know, once you see a chiropractor you have to come back three times a week or once a week for the rest of your life. And we've, that's why like we teach people stuff. Cause we very much do not work on that paradigm. Like I could, uh, you know, adjust your back every week, or I could teach you how to foam roll your back to keep it moving so that you're not getting that tight back pain.
0: Now, are you saying that you expect your clients to do a little bit of homework?
1: I do. I would say not. It's funny. Cause I've been to some PTs recently. I would say not quite as much as sometimes they give out, but you know, we destroy our bodies. Here we go, go, go. And incorporating some self-care would be great. And so I'd say we highly encourage people to do that.
0: And I, I appreciate your philosophy that you operate with. And it is very different from what growing up would I ever heard about chiropractic medicine. And I'm curious if somebody is searching for a chiropractor What are some questions that they should have ready to know if the chiropractor is just going to be, Hey, I'm going to adjust you and we'll see you again next week or in two weeks or a month, or they're going to take the approach that you're taking. I'm, I don't know if it, would you call it a holistic approach?
1: I would say, yeah, maybe more holistic. Um, I'd say typical chiropractors say they're holistic too. So I don't know. See, we call it sports chiropractic because that typically encompasses all of the muscle work and the rehab. Not that we only treat athletes, but it's it's kind of what you call that genre of chiropractic. So it's like questions to ask your chiropractor. Do they just adjust or do they do other therapies or rehab? And then what do their treatment plans look like? That will be a very telling question. How often do they expect you to come back based on, you know, the condition? And, you know, you never know the first time you see someone, whether it's, you know, like going to be a two visit thing or if it's going to be longer, if they've had something go on for a long time, it's going to take more visits. But if, you know, they say, Hey, I want you in three times a week for the next, you know, forever, they try to sign you up for a really long treatment plan. And that's what they do then. I mean, that's not who I would choose as a chiropractor. Some people love it. It's, you know, like getting the weekly massage and they want to go in once a week just to get adjusted.
0: Once a week sounds like a lot.
1: It, yes. Yes, it is to me, but it's definitely something that happens. So,
0: mm, okay. Okay. And do you coordinate with other, uh, healthcare providers with your clients as well?
1: Yes. I would say I love working with other providers. We work really well with Pilates instructors. We have a lot of sending back and forth with them because more of what we do is kind of loosening up, getting things moving. And Pilates is amazing for muscle stabilization Um, If they need more serious rehab, I'm going to be referring out to PTs. Same thing if they have a concussion. There are amazing concussion specialists I will send out to them. I work with a high school athletic trainer, talked to him just last week about a patient who's on the high school basketball team and needs more more care there. She's just seeing me once a week, but she sees someone almost every day. So kind of coordinating what's best for the person. And then we refer out to surgeons when we need to, you know, I don't want everyone to have surgery, but there's definitely a time and place for getting an MRI and getting a surgery if need be.
0: Can you feel that in somebody's back?
1: Um, I would say back is or in back their body. Yeah, I, mean, so I would can say you feel we, that in we, body. Yeah. I would say like shoulder is more often where we're going to send somebody for an MRI, because you can tell if they're not getting better or if they have certain types of pain, or they like fail an orthopedic test that they probably have some kind of tear, and then they'll get an MRI. And from there, figure, you don't necessarily have to have surgery with a rotator cuff tear, but sometimes you do. Low back pain. um, we, We usually work with them for a couple visits. And if it's, Not improving enough, like a lot of disc injuries, you don't need surgery, but sometimes they don't resolve on their own. Typically they resolve on their own six to eight weeks, but when they don't, that's when we'll refer them out to get looked at. Or if there's, you know, you get this kind of suspicious feeling sometimes like, Hey, something doesn't feel right. I'm not going to adjust you today. I want you to see, you know, get an MRI, see a neurologist. There's just times where, you know, you, you think something's wrong. I would say, we're not always right. When we refer people out, sometimes it's, you know, they come back and it was just mechanical back pain. But there's enough times when it turns out, oh, they did have a fracture in their spine. And it was really good that we sent them out and didn't treat them that day.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. good. <laughs> that's that's good to know, I would say. Um, y- you come across as being very passionate about what you're doing.
1: I would say I, I absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, You can tell that when you come in our office we love love to explain anatomy and what's going on i think probably sometimes people are like okay yes that's that's the body that's too much at times but i mean i'm passionate about health and then just getting people back to the activities that they love to do here i mean it's my favorite thing when you know i work on somebody one day and the next day i run into them hiking four pines at the village or hiking, snowking, or biking. And it's just like, Hey, great to see you out. Like I'm enabling them to do what they love.
0: Mm-hmm. Good for you. Thank you for having that passion. I think I- it helps. It
1: <laughs> definitely helps in business in life it
0: does. And what was it like to start your own business right out of uh, school? You have all this bills to pay from school it, and now you gotta get an office.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say it was financially very difficult. Also hard because in school you you learn to be a doctor. You learn how to treat and work with patients. You learn we had business classes maybe one per semester, but they were not well taught. And we we didn't learn business well. We learned nothing about marketing So I would say that was a hard part and I'm, I'm not passionate about marketing or, you know, putting myself out there on social media and all of that. I like that. I would say I like the business running, looking at like the books, the finances, that part I do enjoy, but a lot of the marketing advertising, I just, I just don't like, and trying to figure out how to do that was really difficult i'd say for the first year you know you feel like your head's like maybe every now and then you're bobbing out of the water getting a gasp of air second year like we were doggy paddling so and this year you know we're swimming but then covid strikes and you know things get a little bit like worrisome again and it's been but overall this has been it's been a great year for us and i think i've learned a lot
0: i bet you have (laughs) and i'm glad you have and i'm glad i'm happy for for you and your husband that it's been a good year for you guys um i had a previous guest called the wealth uh john sephoric and Mm -hmm. he's a chiropractor back i think in pennsylvania and he wrote a book called the wealthy gardener and it's about how he created a path to wealth outside of his regular responsibility being a chiropractor Mm -hmm. as well and um it talks about running a business and decisions that he had to make at certain times and how to think about it. Um, I can send you a link to, if you haven't found it already. Yeah. I would
1: say that would be awesome. I mean, you're only going to make so much as a chiropractor because you only want to charge people so much. So definitely things outside of work. And And especially as like my passion for business grows, I'm pretty excited about learning and doing more.
0: Good for you. Good for you. And so learning and doing more, you just started another little project.
1: Yes. Yes, I did. So I just started a podcast. Um, it's called Health in the Whole. I know it's it's kind of a terrible name. My husband was like, you're really not naming it that? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I think I am. Like anywhere else, it would be like a terrible name. But I'm like, it's Jackson. I can call it Health in the Hole. Um, so it is. it is very health focused. I am interviewing health and fitness professionals in the area. And I'm just sharing their expertise. So like I said, I love working with other professionals. This is my opportunity, one, to learn more about what they do and then to share what they do with the community and to share all of their insights with the community. So I've interviewed, I think 12 people so far, and I think eight of the episodes are published at this point.
0: Well, congratulations.
1: And thank you. Yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> I've listened to yours and I was like, oh yeah, I need a, like a whole team working for me. Cause I'm currently doing it all myself. And it's another one of those, like, okay, like podcast editing is not my favorite thing and like getting it all put together and produced, but, but it's not the worst thing either. And talking to people and kind of learning from them is so much fun that it makes up for it.
0: Now, I, I love what you just said Talking to people and learning from them is so much fun. Tell me more about why, why you feel that way.
1: I mean, I would say one, like I'm an auditory learner, so I don't learn well from books. That's one of the reasons I listen to podcasts and books on tape all the time. I love interacting with people and especially like that one-on-one, you can really absorb information really well. And I think for me, it's just, you know, it's important for me to know who to refer to who else might help someone. It, it makes me a better doctor. And then also like from the business perspective, a lot of the people I'm interviewing are, you know, they're small business owners. And so kind of letting the community know what they do. It's just really fun to kind of like watch and watch them get their name out there.
0: Yeah, it, it takes a lot to keep a business going. It's more than just opening the doors and saying welcome and providing the service or whatever your business model is. And it takes a lot of extra work.
1: Mm-hmm. I'd say you've got how many businesses that you run? I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say a lot and a <laughs> podcast. So.
0: I, I don't know. I don't know. It's not about me today. It, today today's about Laura Peterson, right? All right. <laughs> That's what we're doing is interviewing you. And what was the curve, the learning curve like to start a podcast? And I mean, some people aren't going to get past the thought of doing something like that. So kudos for, for getting it off the ground. You launched it. That's mm-hmm. big.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think I, I thought about the idea for a long time, probably six or more months. And, you know, like like I wanted to interview people and I was, you know, thinking video and then, you know, COVID hits and I was thinking like live video with them. And, you know, I think I, I thought it was such a great idea to have a local health podcast because we do have so many amazing professionals in the area because it does like moving to Jackson. It's, you know, it's a competitive environment. Like you have to be on top of your game to be here. And I lost my thought there. So I, yeah, so I, you know, I thought, you know, this is a great idea. Maybe somebody will do it. And then eventually I'm like, nobody else is doing it. There's, I know there's your podcast. I don't know how many other Jackson Hole podcasts there are. I was like, there's absolutely room for a pot, another podcast here, especially like mine's very like niche focused on health And so eventually I was like, okay, I should do it. And then my next step was telling everyone that I was going to do it because that holds you accountable for it. So saying like, I'm working on this, you know, podcast and then starting talking to, you know, different people who, I mean, it's, it's really easy to come up with a list of people I'd like to talk to in town and reaching out to them. And then, uh, I mean, I would say, recording it. My first one, I had to like completely re-edit because I lost half of the first conversation and we had to go back and re-record it.
0: Oh, I had to do that too.
1: Okay. I was going to say, but it, it turned out, you know, in the end, and I would say like, okay, my podcast is not completely polished. I, you know, I say, um, I don't have the perfect podcasting voice. I've, you know, kind of been piecing it together from all of the podcasts. I've listened to the tutorials, I've watched so I'd say I'm still I'm still very much in the learning curve
0: we're always in the learning curve Laura
1: I would would think so so I would say I'm still kind of on the beginning of it
0: and you ask about how many podcasts in Jackson Hole there are that's tough to know for a few reasons one is while we're talking I just went on to my um, Apple Podcasts app and I typed Mm -hmm. in Jackson Hole And really the, the ones that come up is Yonder Lies, which is done by Cahill, I believe. And um, then there's mine and there's Jackson Hole Mountain Resort. And then there's the original one that Cahill did who Michael Morey, who does the editing and marketing for, for this podcast. And I'm sure he could help you with editing. If you ever want to do some editing, that's a little plug for Michael. (laughs) uh but uh his podcast that he did when he was at k-hole comes up as well but other than oh st john's episcopal church has one and the high school has something but there are some other podcasts and it depends on how somebody has it categorized and tagged of how it Mm -hmm. comes up um so i'm not sure what you could do i don't know
1: that mine is even tagged um
0: Yeah, it definitely didn't come up when you just type in Jackson Hole. And that was one reason why I named my podcast the Jackson Hole Connection is because at that time, it was only the K-Hole one that showed up, Mm -hmm. St. John's Church, and I think Jackson Hole Mountain Resort. Oh, the Search and Rescue, I think it's called the Fine Line or a Fine Line. They have a podcast, Jackson Hole Search and Rescue does. Mm -hmm. I mean, Teton County Search and Rescue has one.
1: Yeah, But
0: in that search, it does not come up very well where did you
1: um, search what
0: um i was in the app are you on yeah was... on
1: apple or google yeah, okay
0: yeah and there's okay. some other ones i'm sorry you're not the second podcaster you are the third okay. podcaster because um there's well, somebody I'm Neo, so it's... who has done a documentation of women in wyoming
1: oh awesome
0: and she has turned her interviews into podcasts in addition to having an art showing uh picture Tour. Yes. I've seen some of her stuff. That's awesome. So it's cool. Um, hey, Laura, real quick, we're going to take a quick break to get a word from one of our sponsors, and then we're going to be right back with the show. Sounds
1: good.
0: When you're thinking about making a real estate decision, it's important to go with someone you can trust. Recently I trusted Dan Vazosky at Pruit Real Estate to personally handle a real estate transaction. The service and attention I received demonstrated I am important. Greg Prue started Prue Real Estate in 2002 with you, the customer, in mind. Give Greg or Dan a call at 307 733 9888 or visit prue.com. That's P R U G H.com to connect today. Let them know you heard about them from the podcast guy. That's me, Stefan. Laura, welcome back. We're just talking about uh, you being a chiropractor, starting your own business here in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and roping your fiance, now husband, into moving to back to Jackson. I'm sure that was really tough. It wasn't hard. <laughs> and you're also a podca- podcaster, so you're wearing many, many different hats. What does this community mean to you and for for your future?
1: Yeah, I would say for me... We moved around so much growing up. We moved, I'd say, almost every two years for the first part of my life. So I'd say, when people ask me that, where are you from? question, I, I just don't know most of the time. I kind of stutter. I'm like, well, uh, we moved around compared to my husband, who's like, oh, I'm from Minnesota. And Jackson is now the place I've lived the longest. It's definitely where I feel at home. It was fun while I was in chiropractic school in Minnesota, people would ask, where are you from? And I could say Wyoming. I know when you're, when you're in Jackson, you're not a, I don't know, people, you can't say you're from here unless you're actually from here, but I would say this is the place where I feel most at home um, got my best friends here. We do fun things together. You know, it's backcountry skiing, it's mountain biking, it's hiking, it's paddle boarding. And I think that like, I just fit, fit in better in this community while I was, when I was in Minnesota, it was all about, you know, curling your hair and looking really cute for chiropractic school and going to the mall. And that just, it wasn't my community there in the twin cities, or at least with my classmates as much. Um, I'd say, I'm, I love to be outside. And I just, I like that here, what you do doesn't define who you are. It's not like, oh, I'm a, you know, a teacher, or I'm a chiropractor, and that's all that I am. It's much more about, you know, how you enjoy the environment. And so I really appreciate that about the community. And then also just it being a smaller community, you know, running into people, you know, at the grocery store, back when we could go dancing, like dancing at the bluegrass Tuesday at the ward is one of my favorite things. So just interacting with people and getting to know the community. And you know, when my husband first came back here with me, he's like, wow, you know, everyone, I was like, no, not everyone, <laughs> but it, like, I know some people and you know, it's growing, but it still has a lot of that small town feel to it. And I really appreciate that.
0: I, I love that you call this home now. And, and it's funny what you just said about, um, saying that you are from here. When I interviewed Jimbo Rooks, who he's like fifth generation Jackson and his kids tell him that he's not a local because he wasn't born.
1: (laughs) Wow. Yeah. See, there's a lot of that.
0: So his kids won't let him have that title, Um, but that's just his kids messing with him. Yeah. (laughs) But you can take the title that you're from here. You should.
1: I mean, I think, yeah, you can until somebody else is actually from here. And some of them will tell you off from being from here. You know, maybe once I've been here, how many years have I been here? Almost nine years, but I was gone for a little bit in between. So maybe, maybe 20 or 25 years. I mean, I'm planning on staying here. I'm well-established with my business. So eventually.
0: I've now lived here in Jackson longer than I've lived anywhere else.
1: Me as well. so.
0: And and I could not think of calling any other place home at this point.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it's it's an absolutely fabulous place. And I agree with all of the points that you made uh, as far as what makes this place so special. And, and knowing that you have such strong ties to this community, do you feel that it was tough to get your business off the ground being in such a small town?
1: I, I would say yes, compared to... You know, probably starting somewhere else um, and especially with just how expensive it is to start a business here. I'd say that the town of Jackson, the all of the business stuff doesn't make it that easy to start a business as well. In some ways though, like having those local connections, some of it was probably easier than if I was like brand new in a big city and didn't have those connections because really it's a community and people talk and once people get to know you and the type of work you do, they talk and word of mouth spreads, I'd say better in a small town.
0: Yeah, that's, so, that's so true. And, and where is your office located for people to find you?
1: We're in Smith's Plaza. So we're right by Teton Dental Arts next to the Pilates place, kind of a strip of shops along the right as you turn in. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. And do you have a website for your business and for your podcast?
1: I have have a Facebook page for my podcast. It's Health in the Hole, so you can just search on that and find it. Our website is jhbackcountryhealth.com. I would say most of our bookings, people mostly book through our website as well. So it's a a pretty awesome website and system that we have there.
0: That's convenient. Not everybody has...
1: It means that people can book, you know, 10 o'clock the night before and know that they have an appointment, you know, the next morning or the next afternoon if there's availability and they don't have to worry about calling all the time. And I don't have to answer the phone as much either.
0: Oh, okay. Well, yeah, all that helps um, for making it easy as possible for somebody to come into your office and and visit your office. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, with a little bit of thought, to take away for everybody to take away from you of the people that you've engaged with over the years and you want to learn from, and you are learning from, Mm -hmm. do you have any little nuggets of wisdom that you would like to share with us today? When people are thinking about starting their own business or maybe going to chiropractor school, starting a podcast, very brave of you on all points. um, What's some words of wisdom that you want to share with people?
1: I would say, going all in is just, it's huge because it, you know, makes things happen. Moving here and having to start a business meant that we were going to do everything we could to make this happen. You're basically putting all your eggs in one basket, but it's a huge motivator. So I'd say that, and then also, you know, having that accountability from people, you know, You know they always tell you like you're gonna do something. Tell people you're going to do it because otherwise they'll be like, "Hey, Laura, how's your podcast going?" And I'd be like, "Oh, I haven't started it yet." And I just like as a person, if I say I'm gonna do something, I'll do it. So I think both of those things have helped hugely. And then it's it's just a ton of hard work and just expect it to be you know, at least in terms of starting a business, the hardest thing that you've ever done, or at least that I've done so far. But that it's it's so rewarding, especially if you pick something that you're passionate about.
0: And why for you is it so rewarding?
1: I mean, I think work is rewarding because I because I'm helping people get out there and do things. It's just, I, I love to see smiles on people's faces and bring them smiles. And I think that's one of the reasons I did culinary school and then went into pastry, like, You bring somebody a cake or cookies or any kind of baked goods, and they just get this huge smile across their face. And I think, I realized I loved doing that, but that wasn't, it wasn't sustained, right? They're really happy when they eat, you know, got those cookies, but once they've eaten them all, they might not feel so great. And I wanted to do something that really contributed to people's lives in a more lasting way and kind of brought that joy and ability to, you know, get out there and accomplish what they can.
0: Well, well said. I'm that's wonderful, Laura. Proud of you. Thank you. Um, yeah I I do remember that first summer that you came and worked uh, at the liquor store and it was a joy having you there. And I'm glad that you found that you found your path. Yeah, uh, too. I was
1: I was going to say, I loved working in the liquor store, especially the days I know I'm abnormal here, the days when we got deliveries, because <laughs> then I got to see like, okay, I'm a nerd. I got to see what, especially wines were selling and which ones we had to continually restock. And it was, it was just so fun to see. And I think I spent a lot of, I spent you know, a year or two memorizing as much as I could about wine. Cause I just like to feed my brain. Um, but yeah, that was a really fun place to work. And yeah, what I'm doing now is just amazing for me.
0: Good. I'm, I'm so happy for you. That's that's wonderful. Well, Laura, thank you for the time that you've taken. And I wish you all the great successes with your chiropractic office and with your podcast and look forward to seeing when you get up to um, 100 episodes or, you know, hit some big milestones, 25 episodes, uh, 50, 100. Those are all big. And Keep trucking that, and keep yourself accountable by state stating to other people what you're going to do. Congratulations!
1: Yeah, thank you so much, and thanks for having me on, so I could you know see what another local podcast is like.
0: You got it. Thanks, Laura. Take care. You too. To learn more about Laura and her podcast and practice, visit the theJacksonholeConnection.com. Episode number one hundred and eighteen. Everybody out there who's listening, send us some feedback. Share some insights and share this episode with some friends who can learn from it. Many thanks to everyone who helps keep the Jackson Hole Connection on the air. Listeners such as Ed Freeze and Jim Ojai again. My wife, Laura, and my boys, Lewis and William. My editor and marketing director, Michael Morey, and the musical director, the great, amazing Luke Taylor. I sure hope you've enjoyed this episode, and I look forward to seeing you back for the next episode of the Jackson Hole Connection.